You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different with author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, and we have a great hour. I, I got to say, you know, people think I'm articulate, but I got to tell you, do we have on the media relations director of William Hill, Graham Sharp, is going to come on to talk about them, but also about his new book about William Hill. It's called William Hill, The Man and the Business, and Graham is also an extraordinarily articulate and interesting guy. And then we're going to talk to David the Maven Chikotsky. He is an author and a poker tutor and very, very clear-speaking guy who talks about poker theory and the practical aspects of playing poker. Uh, I think you will enjoy our interview. David, the Maven Chikotsky, talking about his new book, The Basics of Poker and Beyond. And then, of course, we'll have mailbag. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You've been nice all year, but now you're feeling just a little naughty. <laughs> well, Adam and Eve knows exactly how to help you with that. Through New Year's, when you order that special naughty gift, you'll get 50% off almost any one item. But that's not all. You'll also get our naughty and nice kit free with your purchase. Your kit will come with a special item for him, an adult toy for her, and something you'll enjoy unwrapping together. Plus, free shipping on your entire order. Adam and Eve has gift items that are perfect for him or her. Try an adventurous adult toy, a spicy movie, or even a new slippery sensation. So check out adamandeve.com today for the special holiday offer. Get 50% off one item, a free naughty and nice kit, and free shipping when you enter offer code BABE16, B-A-B-E-16. That's Babe16 at AdamandEve.com. Hey, Jersey, Dave from House of Cards here. GoldenNuggetCasino.com has got your number, and that number is 200, because they have over 200 online casino games, the most of any online casino in Jersey. And last year, they paid out over $200 million to their winners. And get this, sign up now, and they'll give you up to $200 cash back as a welcome bonus, risk-free. GoldenNuggetCasino.com, for the little gambler in you. Bet with your head and not over it. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Players must be 21 or older. Terms and conditions apply. The key to winning poker is knowledge, and winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You gotta gamble to win, boys and girls. With Ashley Adams. Hold it! Is that the king? Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And uh, around the United States, 
if you've been paying attention, you've noticed we often have uh, lots of debates and legislation about whether to allow in large casinos or not. And I've often said that the model that makes sense the most to me is what they do in the United Kingdom, uh, that they have lots of bookmakers legally opening shops all over the place, a much smaller model, uh, but more widespread. We have an expert on British gambling and specifically on the guy and the company that was the largest bookmaker in the United Kingdom, a guy named William Hill. The person we have on to talk about it is Graham Sharp. He is the media relations director for William Hill, and he has just written a book called William Hill, The Man and the Business. So without any further delay, I'd like to introduce Graham Sharp. Graham, are you there? I am here, and I'm very well, and I trust you are. Great. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about your background in gambling. You have quite an extensive background, from what I understand. Yes, uh, I do, basically. William Hill um, was celebrating its 80th anniversary last year, and that's the reason I was asked to write the book. And I've been with the company for more than half of that time. I've I've worked uh, for William Hill for 40-plus years, um, so I was probably uh, in the right place at the right time to write the official book about the company, whose founder um, is recognized in, the, in today's name. He was born William Hill in 1903 in one of Britain's second or third cities, you'd probably call it Birmingham. Yes. Or you probably know it as Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he, yeah, he, he was one of a dozen siblings, um, and he didn't like the job that his father decided uh, he was going to try and persuade him to do in a big factory. And he started to uh, offer the people that worked in that factory the opportunity to place bets with him. And at that point, he was only uh, a teenager, and um, he showed an aptitude for persuading people to part with their money, and um, very soon decided that a better place to do that than the factory he was working in would be the race course. And he went out um, onto the race course and became a, a, a race course bookmaker, gradually built up his business, um, losing his money on a number of occasions, but coming back and having another go. And then finally, he felt he was ready to move to the big city of London, which he did uh, and opened his first office there in 1934. So that's the, the date from which we, um, which we uh, record the time for, for which the company has been in existence. And at that time, there was William Hill and one clerk working for him. So there were just two of them at the company. Today, we employ some 17,000 people and uh, exist in nine countries, including America, where we have a presence in Nevada. And uh, only this weekend were the sponsors of the big race that American Pharaoh won, the, um, the Haskell the invitation, or um, Haskell, the Haskell, yeah, at um, Monmouth Park, to which I was pleased to be able to, to go a few years ago when they had the Breeders' Cup there. Well, this is all fascinating to me. Can you tell us about the legality of gambling in the United Kingdom? I, yes. Because I'm fascinated to know if he started out as an illegal bookmaker, or was that something legal, and was it always legal, or did the law change to allow bookmaking in public places? Well, although our system seems liberated to some countries, um, it's, it has its peculiarities, and it's, it's always been legal for people to bet at a race course uh, with bookmakers. Um, it's been legal for people to bet with bookmakers via the telephone for many, many years. It wasn't legal for people to bet in cash with bookmakers or to send them cash through the post until in 1961... Uh, the government decided to legalise cash betting in betting shops, and betting shops were legalised in Britain on May the 1st, 1961. So have been around now for 50-odd years, 54 years, in fact. And now um, at, at the peak of the industry in the late 70s, there were about 15,000 betting shops in this country. Today, there is just over half of that number, around about uh, eight to 9,000 in existence, and at the moment, William Hill own 2,350 or 60 of those shops and are currently the biggest bookmakers in, in Britain. So these shops, and I've seen them in the United Kingdom, I've seen them in London, um, mm -hmm. they are, in addition to the casinos, the, the, small, the private clubs that have gambling, or are they all part of the same mix? No, not really. There aren't that many casinos uh, here. Um, and most of them don't have what you would call a sports book, you know, as, as in the, the Vegas casinos. So most traditional betting, which tends to be on 
horse racing um, or soccer um, or other major sporting events. That's carried out in the betting shops. But also now, of course, um, younger customers have grown up with computers and, and a lot of them prefer to bet online, uh, which they can equally do um, with the bookmakers. But there's still um, a very big business um, through the betting shops because, of course, a lot of our customers who are now middle-aged aren't so computer savvy and also prefer to bet in and receive cash when they back a winner. So in a betting shop, you can have a bet on absolutely anything from a soap opera on the television through the major sporting events to, for example, and we have a little topical story today, the, the American presidential election, where today we're, we're telling the story of one of our clients who has placed, placed 17 bets on Donald Trump to win the presidential <laughs> election. And for an out, outlay of $3,387, he's, he's placed bets on Trump winning the nomination for the Republicans and reaching the White House. Stands to win $68,667 profit. And it's a matter of complete and utter bewilderment to us that people can't bet on the outcome of the U.S. presidential election in the U.S. of A. We will be back after a quick timeout. Going back to the my bags and saying, you cost me a lot of misery, and all total, $2,700 in doggy fees, and all it took was one container of Dynavite. Two pounds, three ounces, and my dog has been cured. Abby's a five-year-old silky terrier. She had, like, chicken pox on her belly, clusters of bumps on her back, and she was allergic to, like, 70-some-odd things. So the dermatologist, it was, oh, yeah, just keep giving her needles every 10 days. But she's not clearing up. And then I, it came up on my radio, Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. And I was like, oh, that's it, that's it. I give her the Dynavite after five weeks. And one morning there was nothing there. And I'm like, she's all clear. There wasn't one blemish on her body. Her fur is beautiful. She is totally happy. She is a healthy, bump-free, pimple-free, shiny, silky. It turned our lives around. So thank you very much for Dynavite. I couldn't be happier. Dynavite's the bomb. 859 1000 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You're listening to the House of Cards. How lucky you are. With Ashley Adams. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Who the hell do you think you are? Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, and you are listening to House of Cards. Uh, listeners, just so you're uh, brought up to speed, those of you that just tuned in, we're talking with Graham Sharp, who is the media relations director of William Hill and also the author of uh, William Hill, The Man and the Business. I agree. It, it baffles me. It doesn't really baffle me. It disappoints me. I understand why it dates back to uh, the blue laws when certain things were outlawed because they weren't good for us. But what I'm curious to know is, uh, you work for William Hill. There must be studies yeah. that show how having uh, gambling shops set up almost uh, ubiquitously in the United Kingdom doesn't lead to problem gambling. Because that, that's the argument that you hear in the United States. Oh, if they open up a casino, it will lead to problem gambling. And I've often said, well, why don't we just have a lot of places where people can place all sorts of bets so it's not such a big deal and maybe there aren't slot machines, but you could still well, bet on a sporting event? Well, in fact, there are machines in, in betting shops now. Uh, they have been for, for several years. Um, I think there's an element that if something is familiar to you and part of the high street, it takes away um, the attraction of the unknown, which can sometimes tempt people into situations that they might not be fit to handle. Uh, of course, uh, unfortunately, there are a proportion of people um, who have a, addictive personalities who, you know, might uh, might find a problem. I think the it's generally accepted that the rate of, of problem gambling, and, and the word problem is, is very difficult to define to everybody's satisfaction, is around about 0.6%. And all of our shops have advice 
uh, available for anybody that feels they may have a problem and they they can self-exclude themselves from the betting shops if, if they think that's the best course of action for them. So we're, we're aware of our responsibility uh, in that direction. Uh, but by and large, the over 99% of people accept betting shops as part of the scene. And in the same way that we probably all know somebody that would, that would go into a drinking situation and overindulge, um, you know, the majority of people can cope with it and, and do so very responsibly. Do you have the ability to hook up with American racetracks? Can people in England bet uh, at Saratoga or the Kentucky Derby or anything like that, or do they yeah. only have domestic races? Oh, oh yes. Wow. No, we have um, – in fact, we even have a free-to-air channel here called At The Races, which shows a lot of foreign racing in the evening when the British racing has finished and overnight they'll show a lot of the, the, the tracks – from the states, and certainly, you know, if you want to bet on the the, the Breeders' Cup um, and the Kentucky Derby and the you know the Triple Crown, we we, we were as fascinated by American Pharaoh as any American um, punters, you know, because we could watch the races over here and uh, the Preakness and the Belmont. They're all a, they're all a pretty big deal over here, and ra- racing is a is a global sport, I think, and people do follow it uh, abroad. Obviously, our bread and butter is what goes on. In the in the British racing, but there's um, I was over for the for the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita uh, last November and thoroughly enjoyed it. And there was there was a very big betting turnover, you know, in Britain on those those races. And of course, Frankie Dettori won one of them, which was uh, good news for me because I backed him. I want to get to a book that you wrote a while ago in a poker's hand story. But before I do, I had some questions about the. Uh, the connection between your company and American gambling. I'm wondering if you know, Mm -hmm. relatively speaking, what the volume is of the handle from William Hill compared to the handle in the United States for, let's say, the Kentucky Derby. What percentage of the amount of money that's wagered at the Kentucky Derby is money that you are forwarding there? Is it 1%? Is it 50%? What is it? Do you know? I don't know specifically. I haven't asked that question um, of our of our traders, but I, I would suspect that partly because of the fact that the races in the states are not run at the most user friendly times for us. Um, you know, you, you have to take a decision to stay up fairly late in the day to, to watch the race over here. So you're not going to appeal to the mass market. Um, I would say we, we would handle over here a relatively small amount of money, but obviously we have our, our presence in Nevada as well, and in the sports books where we we do uh, a lively trade as well. But a lot, a lot of um, our higher rolling customers would, would be interested in it. But um, in terms of the overall handle, as you say, we would be a relatively small percentage just because of the fact that we, we don't have as big a pres- presence over there. Um, and uh, But, you know, when you get horses like Zenyatta, um, that, that capture the imagination, then they do that over here as well. And a lot of people will have a small token bet because they're going to watch the race, but not quite as much as they might have for a British race where they would be familiar with the jockeys, right. the going, the vagaries of the particular course. So that's still an area in which we are very much looking to expand uh, to, into the American market, and I would expect that to increase okay. uh, in the uh, in forthcoming years. Uh, similarly, I had a question about betting on American football. Is there a sizable yeah. market of punters, as you put them, in the UK or around the world that bet on American football? Absolutely. I still remember well going into a meeting um, in, with the, the, the then um, chief executive of William Hill. That We used to meet with him every week and tell him what we were doing on the public relations front and the, the new bet front and uh, see what he thought of our ideas. And I remember going into a meeting with him and suggesting that we should start to take bets on American football. Um, he put his hand in his, his head in his hands and, and groaned and said, I don't even understand which way the teams are kicking. Um, <laughs> and I said to him, well, I said, neither, neither do I, but the thing is that one of our major networks here, Channel 4 Television, was just about to start showing, and I think it was initially 
one live match a week, um, and if, along with a highlights program. And I said, whenever there's a live, there's live sport, there's got to be betting interest. And uh, we were finally given the go-ahead to do it on a trial basis. And we now turn over um, millions of, of pounds on on American football, and it's a, uh, an ever-growingly popular part of our portfolio, mm-hmm. as are baseball and basketball. So American sport is is very important to us. Do you have betting parlors in Canada? And I'm wondering whether I can shoot yeah. up and place legal bets in betting parlors in uh, um, Montreal or New Brunswick or Quebec. No, at the moment we don't. Um, I suspect it's because um, we don't want to stretch our resources too far by you know, trying to expand into countries willy-nilly. I think we want to consolidate in the States and then look for other opportunities relatively nearby and of course Canada would fit that okay. bill. I'm not entirely sure of the legalities of it at the moment but it would uh, being you know particularly um, English speaking country apart from the the part of the French speaking um, you know that that's a market that we would be interested okay. in we've also recently moved for example into into Australia so uh, yes we are fair enough but you're not there yet the Graham, we have really enjoyed having you here. I could talk a lot longer, and maybe we'll have you back another time to talk some more. Uh, Graham is the author of William Hill, The Man and the Business. Can people get that at Amazon.com? They can indeed, yes. Okay. And you can get it on on Kindle, on hardback, and on paperback. Terrific. Well, thank you for joining us. A very entertaining 15 minutes. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Okay, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break. Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone and tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works really well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra-long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now... You can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a ProCaliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, that's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O, when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER, 24025-POKER, that's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber poker tables, stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. We at House of Cards want to wish you the happiest of holidays. And in celebration of the holiday season, we would like to present that beautiful holiday favorite, Silent Night, sung by that wonderful soprano, Chewbacca.
God bless us. Everyone. You mean everyone? Everyone! Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no-obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize, tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast, do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. V-N-E-G-N-T-H-E-N-E-G-N.com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Hey, this is Dave Weishuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of November 23rd, 2015. Well, it hasn't been a very good week for daily fantasy sports provider FanDuel and DraftKings. First, a New York judge rejected their motion for a temporary restraining order, which would allow them to continue operating in the state. Then, the New York Attorney General sued both sites, claiming daily fantasy sports constituted unlicensed gambling. New York has joined Arizona, Iowa, Louisiana, Montana, and Washington in prohibiting daily fantasy sports wagering. Pennsylvania is one step closer to online gambling. Last Wednesday, the House Gaming Oversight Committee passed a bill that would legalize and regulate online poker and casino games. The bill will now go to the House floor and then to the Senate for a vote. After that, Governor Tom Wolf would have to sign off on the measure for it to become law. And finally, Ronda Rousey wasn't the only big loser in last week's UFC fight against Holly Holm. The sports books took quite a beating themselves. The problem? The odds were so lopsided that a large amount of money was placed on the underdog home. According to most sportsbook directors, the result was disastrous. Even though a rematch has not been scheduled yet, Rousey is predicted to be the favorite. I'm sure the odds will be a bit different for the rematch. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Hey, Jersey, GoldenNuggetCasino.com has got your number, and that number is 200 because they have over 200 online casino games, the most of any online casino in New Jersey. And last year, they paid out over $200 million to their winners. And get this, sign up now, and they'll give you up to $200 cash back as a welcome bonus, risk-free, GoldenNuggetCasino.com. For the little gambler in you, bet with your head, not over it. Call 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Players must be 21 or older. Terms and conditions apply. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Are you looking for action, I hope? A little hold. Now you're talking. Ashley Adams, you're listening to House of Cards, and we are fortunate to have a repeat guest. His name is David Chikotsky, also known as The Maven. David, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, somehow when you were not talking, there was a ton of static, but you don't have any static in your voice. Um, So give our listeners who don't know you by name, although if they're readers of the poker world, they would, but tell them a little bit about your background as a poker writer and as a poker player. 
sure. Well, I have an economics background. I'm from Texas, and um, I got into poker. Kind of started out with cash games, went to sit and goes. Then I found the tournament bug. Um, ever since then, I played just a gazillion tournaments. I played right around twenty thousand online tournaments, and um, was fortunate enough to win the 2008 Online Player of the Year. Also won the main event of the Venetian that same year. Um, since then, I've actually wound down my playing quite substantially and wound up my teaching practice. So I do the vast majority of my teaching over Skype. Um, I've had players, um, students of mine win player of the year. I've had students of mine make the final table of the main event of the World Series. And, uh, yeah, I've had students make uh, millions of dollars more than I have. So who are the students that you're referring to that made the final table of the main event? Well, well, Joseph Chong made third in the main event for four million. He lived with me as well as uh, my poker mentor Ari for about nine months. And um, I mean, in a weird way, it's hard to even call him a student because so quickly he became so much better than I was. That, uh, but yeah, I mean, at one point, I guess you could say I was a student. I mean, look, the reality is in poker, there's a million ways to skin the cat. I've got a lot of good ideas as far as you know, maybe a hundred thousand of those million ways to skin them, but. You know, other people dream up other ways of doing it, and Joseph's a great example of that, where he's just a ridiculously smart guy that's done really well. But you, too, have significant poker chops. You won the main event at the Venetian, as you mentioned. You've won tons of online tournaments. Uh, do you play much anymore in Las Vegas? Is that where you're living? Yeah, I live in Las Vegas. I've been here about 10 years. I do play live every once in a while, but um, quite frankly, the game's just so slow, one tabling, and you know, all the young, cool kids going really slow, all the old farts going really slow. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> so... Uh, so I do play online. I just play on a couple of websites here locally and uh, actually had a pretty big uh, Sunday this Sunday and brought in a you know nice score. Um, all of that said, I've, obviously, as you know, the poker economy and online poker in general has just gone foot ever since Black Friday. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, look, the reality is if they make online poker legal across the United States, it could be the, bigger than the original boom without a doubt. But until that happens right now, it's a lot of, uh, you know, head-to-head combat fighting these other top pros, it seems like. I mean, even the lower stakes, mid-stakes, really not as easy as it used to be. So, you know, I mean, you've always got to be advancing your game. I teach a lot of poker lessons, but I also train with other people that are better than me, no doubt about it. So you've written a book, and I want you to talk about it because I think it's quite remarkable in its brevity and yet its scope at the same time. It's The Basics of Poker and Beyond. Tell us about the book. Sure. It's my first ebook, and as you kind of alluded to, um, I've written for everyone. I mean, I've been in Card Player, Bluff, Poker Players Newspaper, All In. I mean, you name it, I've, I've written for them, or I've been in the magazine and everything else. But I've never actually written an ebook or a regular book, so this is my first foray into that. It's only 20 pages long, and the actual interesting thing about it is it's designed for beginners uh, that are kind of new to the game and kind of looking to get on track, but at the same time, it actually deals with a lot of the mental, you know, how to, how to leave the mental burden at the door and a lot of the mental aspect of the game to where, you know, even if you are a, you know, intermediate to advanced player, there's definitely some things you're going to be able to pull from it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've had a good response. It's been a top 10 most popular book this first week. And, um, and yeah, I hope a lot of people learn a lot from it. Now, the title is actually, uh, it could mean a lot of things because you call the book the basics of poker and beyond. Now, that could mean that it's the basics and even more than the basics of poker, but it could also mean the basics of poker and beyond poker, like learning about yourself and learning about how to deal with the world. How did you mean the title? I actually meant it the second way you put it, and it's maybe a little bit forward-reaching because I'm definitely going to be putting out other books. So it does kind of have a cliffhanger, and it kind of does make you wonder, you know, what's this really about? But... I've just found over the years that there are a lot of things other than actual poker strategy that help students. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you need to live like a yogi or you know meditate all day long or anything <laughs> of, of that kind of nonsense. But, but definitely, I mean, at least half of the work I do with students is like, how do you get over these different things in poker? Just to give you an example, when you get deep in a tournament, on average, the average person will tighten up. That's their gut reaction is to survive, and that costs you a fortune because – as you know, progressive payout, top one, two, three, pay infinitely more than seventh, eighth, or ninth place. So you almost forced to keep your foot, foot on the pedal. And um, you know, these natural, the, the things that feel natural, they're actually mathematically wrong. I address those in the book. And um, 
And yeah, I just have so much experience, thankfully, teaching hundreds and hundreds of students over the years that I've kind of pulled the most important nuggets that I feel like. Also, at the end of the book, I break down some shortcuts into the math, just actual, just easy math. I, I always call it easy math because the reality is in poker, there's very little hard math. It's all easy math, but it's fast math. Um, someone's looking at you, you've only got five or ten seconds to act, you get that peer pressure at your table live, or you're online, you get the time bank running. So you know, I just give um, readers easy ways to kind of snap your fingers and know, should I be drawing? Do I have odds? Do I not have odds? Things of that nature. But but yeah, I think you're right. When you when you mention the title, it, it is and beyond. I mean, I, meant, I mentioned, you know, ways to get over the mental burden and you know, even going as far as to like, you know, fasting just to create that hunger, create that pain. Because a lot of times you're playing poker, you're hungry. A lot of times you're playing, you're tired. Sometimes you're upset when you come play, but you still have to put it all together and make the correct decisions. Because when it's all said and done, the more correct decisions you make in a row, the more money you're going to make, period, the end. Okay, uh, listeners, we're talking to David Chikotsky, who is a poker tutor, successful poker player, very successful poker player, and now a poker author. Are you serious about fasting? Do you recommend fasting at the poker table in different situations? No, I don't, but um, but I, I do fast in, in real life. You know, I'll do a 24-hour fast, and it's good for you. Drink a lot of water, clean your body out. The whole point of the exercise isn't just, isn't just a physical reaction. I mean, it's also psychosomatic in the sense that, hey, I, I can do it. You know, I can tell myself, hey, you know, it's whatever, 3 o'clock Pacific time. I'm not going to eat till 6 o'clock tomorrow night. A lot of people can say they'll do something and they don't follow up. Here's one of those examples where if you just say it and you just do it, when it's all said and done, when you have your first bite to eat tomorrow at 6 o'clock, you, you accomplish something. You know, you actually did something. And um, a lot of people have that issue, especially now with, um, you know, short attention spans and things of that nature. And it's just good, you know, to be able to make little goals. Or, or I mentioned in a book also, you know, l- learning a foreign language or, you know, learning a martial art, something of that nature. People have wanted to do these things all their life. Oh, I always wanted to learn that. But they just don't. So my whole thing is let's go ahead and just do it improve yourself as a person, you'll find that as you improve your intellect, the poker game becomes much easier. So you're teaching self-control in many ways, setting goals, achieving goals through self-control, self-denial, and basically also committing yourself to do what you say you're going to do. Not only that, but in poker, you have to trust yourself. And that's one thing, one of the, you know, base requirements of the way I play is that I trust myself not to pay someone off. So what that allows me to do is it allows me to get into a lot of weird situations on the turn. Maybe I check-raise the flop with, like, bottom pair where the average guy would check-fold. Or maybe I check-raise the flop with ace-high, and maybe I'm doing this on a turn. Maybe I raise the river. I can do all of these things. I can get in and out of all these crazy spots because I know no matter what, if I'm beat and someone goes all in, I'm not calling. So I'm able to make it look like I might call you. I'm, I'm able to re-raise you thinking creating what we call fake fold equity. You might think I'm going to fold, but I'm not. Or you might think I'm not going to fold, but I am. So the, the point is to put yourself in tough decisions. Um, a lot of poker players will steer away from tough decisions, but you'll find the absolute best players in the world are happy to get into tough situations. If, if pressure's on them, all that means is the pressure's on their opponent even more. It's like Think of it like a factor of 1.2. If I have 100 units of pain towards me, if that ends up being 120 units of pain towards my opponent, then I'll accept that pain every time. The same thing going into these flops with weird hands, going into the turn in weird spots. Most people don't trust themselves. They, for example, great example is like, you know, a king nine type hand. Like a lot of people will say, well, reverse negative implied odds if you call out a position with king nine. Because what if you call, you could be dominated. I don't worry about all that because I'm never going to pay the guy off. You know, I might miss and make a bluff. I might hit and try to pot control it. I might hit and turn it into a bluff. But the point is, I'm not just going to hand him my chips with top pair and nine kicker. Never in a million years. Not if you put a gun to my head, I'm still not going to pay you the chips. By, by being able to trust myself on a defensive aspect, I'm able to do things on an offensive aspect that other people might not consider. Fair enough. I understand that. I'm looking at the table of contents of your book. And I want you to walk us through at least a couple of these before we close. You mentioned uh, the number one leak of poker players. Can you tell us what that is or give us an idea of what those may be? Sure. The number one leak of poker players, without a doubt, is not looking at real information, not paying attention. 
people, just a quick example is people are way more interested in, did the guy swallow or did he look me in the eyes or did he do this or did he, what I'm most interested in is how often does he raise from what position, what types of hands did he continue on post flop? I want to know real information, not BS information. I want things that are quantifiable. I don't want to be feelings. They're not really feelings. They're mathematical estimations that you actually have processed already. You go, oh, my gut tells me to call. It's not really your gut, my friend. Just like when your girlfriend or your wife screams at you and says, well, my heart tells me this. It's not her heart. It's her brain. Same thing here. It's not your gut. It's your brain. So finding real information, categorizing it, putting it in parameters, and being able to use it. I mean, I always give the analogy of, a, of baking a cake. You just gave someone you know, sugar, flour, baking soda, and all these different ingredients. You say, go make me a cake. I guarantee you the cake won't come out right. If you gave them those exact same ingredients and then you put parameters up and say, hey, here's how you make it. You need a quarter cup of this, half cup of that. All of a sudden, it's not very hard. So it's the same thing here. You're either looking at real information, you're either working within proper guidelines, or you're not. A lot of people are leaves blowing in the wind, and they're just free-balling it. And quite frankly, that's not replicable. If you're going to 20-table or 10-table, especially for multiple years on end, you have to have a system in your head that's very logic-based and that works. Uh, David, I love your articulateness combined with your passion. Uh, listeners, the book is The Basics of Poker and Beyond. David, the Maven Chukotsky, give us your website, how people can get your book and your tutoring, and then we'll have to close. Sure. My website, themaventraining.com. You can always email me at david at themavenvt.com. You can also go look me up on Facebook, David Chukotsky. Um, otherwise, the book's on Amazon, Kindle called The Basics of Poker and Beyond, and um, I appreciate you having me on. You bet. It was great having you, David, and I look forward to talking to you again. Listeners, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOCRADIO when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOCRADIO. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com and don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. 
Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's JerseyManMagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to the House of Cards with Ashley Adams. He was king at five card stud. The stranger's game was five card stud. He was hard to beat. Rather play than he. Long as it was five card stuff. When he played, he played. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to my favorite segment of House of Cars, which is the mailbag segment. I'm joined in studio by my producer, Dave Weishattle, who has some questions for me. If you have a question for us, you can email us at info at houseofcardsradio.com, tweet us at HOC Radio. Post a question on our Facebook page or leave a message or text us on the House of Cards hotline, 609-474-4627. What's that number again, Dave? That's 609-474-HOCR, which is 4627. And remember, if we use your uh, question on the air, you get a party poker baseball hat. Well, we got Steve from New York, and uh, a lot of people ask this question. If I'm in a tournament and I'm tired from long play or it's a late-night tournament... I tend to play too fast without full thought into what my opponents may have. Do you have any advice on fighting the fatigue factor when I play? Uh, caffeine? Yep. Um, not playing? See, that doesn't work for me. I, I drink coffee, and then i got to go to the bathroom every two seconds. Well, that's so. another option. You can just go to the bathroom, <laughs> go to the bathroom every two seconds. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think people have to either have endurance or they don't. Uh, you know, the, the obvious stuff, which I'm coming up with off the top of my head, not as a poker expert, but get plenty of sleep the night before. Uh, don't drink alcohol and caffeinated beverages uh, because that will dehydrate you and deplete you and end up wearing you down. Uh, having a good balanced meal, plenty of vegetables, say your prayers, all that crap. But I don't have any magic solution <laughs> to how to avoid getting tired in the middle of the night uh, following a long tournament. Increasingly... They are structuring tournaments, especially the major ones, so they don't become endurance affairs, so that they end at a reasonable time and they continue the next day. Uh, but there are Ironman uh, tournaments, and there are tournaments that are just structured to start. I mean, I, I play in a tournament that starts on the early side of the day instead of – I wouldn't play in a 5 o'clock tournament. I'd play in the 11 a.m. tournament. I wouldn't play in a 7 p.m. tournament if I know that the structure is going to have me playing until 4 in the morning if I can't uh, – you know, keep my best level of play throughout. So that's all the advice I can offer. I, I was always meaning to ask you, we, you know, everyone, we get these questions about how do you uh, relax during a tournament? What's your endurance like? I was in a poker room and I saw, you know, I'm sure you have too, masseuses. Oh, yeah. Come around. Massage like, therapist. I, I've never tried that. And I, I don't see, I don't think that would get me too relaxed. You know, I would be falling asleep. I mean, would, oh, I've had, you, uh, I've had you, many massages at the table. Really? Yeah, of course, being the cheapskate, my only uh, interest is what do they charge? And they used to charge at the Trop in Atlantic City. It was $15 for 20 minutes. Wow. Okay. And that was great. Then it was a buck an hour. Pretty good. And now, invariably... It's you mean a buck a minute? A buck a minute. Because I'll, I'll, I'll buy A buck buy a minute. <laughs> and now, invariably, it's two bucks a minute. So if I want a 15-minute massage, it's 30, 30 bucks. bucks. And... Plus, I guess you got a tip, too. And you else, got a tip. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always want a tip. But I um, so I don't do it. For two bucks a minute, I think that's too much. So, it, well, other, other than the cash considerations, how do you feel better after oh, yeah. they do it? And, oh, and, and, and can it. you concentrate and, on oh, the yeah, cards? Yeah, yeah. And Although, increasingly, I will ask for the massage and not play because um, I just want – I don't want to be distracted by the hand. I want to be fully immersed in the <laughs> massage experience. Uh, it's only a neck, shoulder, and back massage. Right. They don't do anything else. But if you're in Las Vegas, i got to just add this as a plug, reflexology. There are folks that give massages for an hour really? for $25 in Chinatown on Spring Mountain. Oh, okay. Wonderful. you got to do it. If you're ever in Las Vegas, 
get the reflexology now, massage. Now, that's not the hot rocks or no, anything no, like that, or that's like you're pushing on reflex, pressure points, right? Reflexology is your feet, okay. and then you have the option of full body massage while you're there, which I recommend highly. You know, I, I tried doing that at the table. You know, try that once in a while. Full body yeah, massage? Full, yeah, right at the table. Why not? What well, you could probably earn <laughs> yeah, right. more money giving so, yeah, massages yeah, right. than playing poker, Dave. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The way I play? Yeah, probably. So I guess that'll do it. That'll do it. If you have a question for us, you can email us at info at houseofcardsradio.com, tweet us at HOC Radio, post a question on our Facebook page, or leave a message or text us on the House of Cards hotline, 609 474 4627. What's that number again, Dave? That's 609-474-HOCR, which is 4627. And remember, if we use your uh, question on the air, you get a party poker baseball hat. Make sure to come back next week for more House of Cards. podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com